Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I will be talking about Amazon, the company that we all know that many of us have used for years and years feel like they're taking over the world. If you read the title of this episode and immediately got angry at me, please stick around and listen to why there maybe are some better alternatives and different places to shop. Hopefully it expands your mind a little bit about the company and about how we can be conscious consumers. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry empower vegans, and reduce plastic waste in the world. They put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive, vegan, compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win, win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at TerraSeed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. Okay, there are a lot of places to go with this topic, but this is going to be an overview into why maybe relying on Amazon for our purchasing is not the best option, and also some alternatives, because I don't want to just tell you, hey, this company sucks, and then leave you, right? So we are going to talk about some other places to find things. But first, let's talk about why. Let's talk about why I'm even bringing this up. Some of you, this might be a really familiar topic, and others maybe you really haven't been exposed to anything about this company. And so let's talk about it a little bit. As we know, or as I'm assuming we all know, Amazon is this giant company that now basically (laughs) rules the world. I say that as a joke, but actually it is where a lot of people are purchasing food, home goods, presents, gifts, registries, books, I mean, you name it, you can probably find it on Amazon, which is one of the many reasons people love it. But despite some greenwashing attempts, which if you're not sure what greenwashing is or want to hear more, I did a great episode about that. Just kind of what is that term? But if you need a little refresher, it's just the idea of a company or somebody talking about this idea of being eco-friendly, but it's just marketing bullshit, basically. It's greenwashing. So despite Amazon's really good greenwashing in terms of the environmental impact of their company, it's still pretty dismal. So I am using information from a Drop in the Ocean shop blog, and they have all their sources cited. It was a perfect mix of all the things I wanted to bring up. So I will add that article in the show notes so you can Check it out for yourself. See where these um, stats and these things are coming from. So environmental impact, you can imagine how many freaking boxes Amazon ships out every day. 
every day. So for example, in July of 2020, that's a month, a month in the year, Amazon shipped over 415 million packages in one month. And that wasn't even like Christmas. That's a summer month. More than 13 million packages every single day in that month. That's insane. That is insane. So that doesn't take into account all the plastic packaging and envelopes or whatever else. That's just boxes. And yeah, some boxes can be recycled, but we know that recycling isn't the answer to what's happening with the over consumption of shit in this country and in this world. And cardboard boxes can only be recycled a couple times. So yes, it's important to recycle them, but it's not a solution forever. And when you think about all the delivery, all the packaging, all the warehouses, the emissions coming from Amazon alone are pretty astronomical. Now, everyone got excited because in 2020, Bezos, the owner of Amazon, the zillionaire, I don't even know where he's at, he created this project to fight climate change. Yeah, cool. He donated $10 billion. That's great. But guess what? $10 billion he donated to this project is just about 5% of his current net worth. A literal drop in the bucket for Bezos. So we'll need a lot more money and a lot more innovation to solve climate change. This is what I mean by greenwashing. I don't feel better about Amazon because of this project. Because if you've noticed, you haven't really heard much about it since he announced it last year or in 2020 now. Wow, it's 2022. In 2020. So yeah, it's a, a lot of money, but it doesn't really matter to him. And it's not really doing much. The environmental impact alone is huge. Amazon is a monolith in terms of delivering stuff to people. The next thing is one I didn't really know about and I found out while doing research for this episode. So there's a huge impact on small businesses. And I don't know if you've seen these commercials from Amazon on any streaming platform you're using, but they try and promote like this many small businesses on Amazon. That's great. But what's actually happening is that Amazon Basics is trying to put small businesses out of order, like completely out of commission. So Amazon uses all the access to data it has, and it tracks what products are selling well on the platform. So they are seeing what products from these other companies that they add and allow to sell on their platform are doing well. When they find a product that's doing really well, they mass produce the same thing themselves, using that data then to push their own product. So it's a legal thing they're doing. They're literally just waiting for these smaller companies with good ideas to become successful, and then they make the same thing on their own, and then those original products actually just get pushed to the bottom. So, yeah, that's gross. That's super gross. It's not supporting small businesses. 
at all. In fact, it's detrimental to them. This is a new one, but I had recently just learned about this because I'm starting to look into ways to publish my first book, which, Lord have mercy, it is a lot of information on that one. That's for another podcast episode. But there is actually a way that Amazon is kind of keeping information from people and monopolizing that kind of a market. And that is their choice as a company, of course. But it is interesting to think about why they're doing it and what the impact is. So depending on how you want to publish, you know, if you use Audible um, or publish through their services or program, oftentimes you actually can't go anywhere else then. So you're kind of stuck. And that means that other people that maybe aren't using this platform do not have access to that content. And that just sucks. So this next one, the social impact, is one that we've probably all heard whisperings of. Um, I know for me, I will totally own, because of my privilege, I ignored this for a while. Uh, Full disclosure, I have not used Amazon, gosh, in a couple years now, actually, in a few years. I canceled my account a couple years ago, and I have not used it. But before that, I had heard the stories and the problems and the strikes with its workers and with the employees, but I kind of wanted to ignore it because I didn't want to think about it, and we do that in all types of ways, and it is a privilege to be able to do that and not have to worry about it because it didn't impact me. I didn't have somebody or myself working for Amazon feeling this, and I own that. But now there is so much evidence of the shitty treatment that employees for Amazon are getting. So we don't have to dive into it too much because it has been headline after headline of this. But just some highlights. Amazon has the highest injury rate among warehouse workers working full time and 2020 was like an all-time high, and that's not surprising given the stress and anxiety of the global pandemic and the markets and consumerism, but that's wild. I'm going to use this quote from a drop in the ocean shop blog because it is so good. So the number of injuries per employees actually decreased. Here's the reason. Quote, Because Amazon loosened performance metrics and gave their employees more time to wash their hands. If more time for employees to wash their hands reduces your injury rate by 24%, what the fuck are you doing, bro? How incredibly hazardous are your working conditions that giving people 20 seconds to wash their hands reduces the injury rate by that much? Unquote. That is wild. That is how toxic and unsafe the workplace is for these, you know, quick deliveries that we as a society have become really reliant on. So you can look more into its social impact. There is a ton to look into there, but it's bad. Know that it's pretty bad. COVID impact, if you haven't heard anything about that lately, um, there have been so many repercussions, of course, because of COVID in all aspects of the world. But 
that was even more in terms of businesses closing. Many of them were businesses owned by people of color. There is so many self-employment drops because of the pandemic. And with all of this going on, with all of these businesses closing, all of these people struggling, as we know, Amazon's revenue increased by 38% from 2019 to 2020. That's an increase of $100 billion. $100 billion. Their profit increased by 84%. It basically means that while all these other businesses were struggling, Bezos was just getting filthy rich. Filthy rich and not having to do a lot to face the consequences of the actions of this company. So those are a quick overview of some of the main impacts of Amazon. If you want to look into any of those topics more, I urge you to, because it's really important to know if you have the time and resource to be more cognizant of where you are spending your money. I've said it before, you vote with your dollar. You are showing the marketplace what is important to you every time you spend money. And there are things that we have to buy and invest in that we don't get to vote in the way that we want to. I think about this like when I buy gas or something like that. Like, I wish I wasn't voting with my dollar in that way, but for now I am. But in these spaces, I can choose to do better, basically. So before I get into the alternatives and where else to look for products you might normally get on Amazon, I want to bring up something that was brought to my attention that I think is really interesting. The huge selling point of Amazon is price and affordability and access. First, let's talk about access before I keep going. Speaking of privilege, I know that for many people, Amazon is a godsend because it is a quick, affordable for some way to get products that they might either not have available to them where they live. They might not have um, the ability maybe to go do a lot of shopping if you're working multiple jobs and have a family. There is a accessibility issue to products in general in our capitalist system. And so for many people, there is a reliance on Amazon because of ease. And I understand that. That is not the goal here is to make people who already have issues with accessibility have further issues with accessibility of products. If that is you, I understand. And we all have to do what we can depending on where we're at right now. But I do know there are a host of people listening who, real talk, could afford to not be using Amazon that still are. And that is what we should think about. If you are the person who has a moment to take a thought about where you're purchasing, there are ripple effects to other communities, to supporting small businesses, all of that, right? So I just want to talk about access because I get it. I understand. Let's talk about money and the idea that Amazon saves us money. For a lot of people, that actually isn't necessarily true. So you have to have Amazon Prime, if you don't know, to buy Amazon Prime stuff. But Amazon Prime members spend about $1,400 every year on Amazon. On This is an average. Then there's the membership 
which comes out to about $1,500 every year on average. So is it actually saving money? Because the average consumer spends about $600 a year. And what I realized when I thought about it, I stopped purchasing as much stuff when I canceled my Amazon account. I will fully admit, I used to scroll through Amazon like I was shopping on a website. And I mean, I know that's what it is, but I didn't need anything. Like Amazon in the beginning, it felt like it was something you went to when you needed something. I just would scroll. I would just scroll through it mindlessly. And that is a huge problem. And that is what's happening a lot. So actually, people are finding that when they cancel their subscription, sometimes they are saving money because they were spending money on shit they really did not need. And the free shipping doesn't actually get you all that much. You end up kind of buying things because it's a deal or free shipping or whatever, and you're not actually accomplishing what you want, which is saving money. So where do you start? If you're listening to this and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Amazon sucks, but what do I do now? Start small. If you are in a place right now where you totally rely on this company, start small. There is this pledge to shop one in five where you can say, I pledge to make one in five purchases from a small business. That is a place to start small, even if it is something like your next candle. I don't know. Maybe you normally got candles on Amazon But next, you can find somebody local or a cool small company to buy candles from. That's great. A small business person then gets your business, right? Start there and see how it feels. If you can move further, if you're further along than that, like start researching other small companies. Think of the things you buy consistently. Not the things that you buy once in a while. Start with the things that are consistent toilet paper, toothpaste, maybe some of the food you got on Amazon or whatever it is, try and make a list of your top kind of purchases from Amazon or look at your history and just start one thing at a time, maybe one month at a time. Don't rush this so it feels terrible and you feel like overwhelmed, like you can't do it. Just like what we talk about with sustainability and how you don't have to be perfect ever, and especially right off the bat. So start to do some research. There are so many ways to reduce your impact, and shopping is a huge one. And when I say reduce your impact, reduce your impact on the planet and on the inhabitants, which is us and every other living thing. So the first thing when you're like, okay, I get it, I'm on board, I want to I wanna give up, you're like, yeah, I did the pledge, I've been doing more small business purchases, canceling my membership, okay, now what? Now I need to find other places. So first of all, I want to remind us that the most sustainable option is always what you already own. Of course, that doesn't come into play with like food or toothpaste unless you have an abundance you need to use up. But in terms of clothing or books or whatever, look through what you own first before you purchase. Now, that being said, Amazon is usually used for a lot of things that aren't like that as well. So where do we find these other magical places to shop? 
I have a list of eight other places to suggest. This is not comprehensive. There are so many other places to look, but these are ones that I thought would be a good start if you are looking for this. So the first one is Thrive Market. I personally have not used Thrive Market that much. I've used it a couple times, but I have access to a co-op where I can get a lot of the vegan food that I love and enjoy. If I didn't have a co-op near me, I would absolutely be using Thrive Market. It is an online place for food. Prices are super comparable. They have good brands. They have good deals. And I was looking into them a little bit more. They're actually a certified B Corporation now. They focus on accessibility. They are trying to make a point to talk about food and nutrition and accessibility to food. That's really cool. They have carbon neutral shipping, sustainable packaging, and they are working to make their warehouses zero waste. It is just a really cool commitment to food, nutrition, accessibility, and Thrive Market seems like a really cool organization. So depending on where I live in the future or if I'm on that bus life, I might be starting to use Thrive Market. It would definitely be my food alternative to Amazon. Books and movies. There are so many secondhand places to find. My favorite for a long time has been Half Price Books. I have sold books back there. They take all of them even if they're not going to purchase them and they either donate them or recycle them. I've gotten books journals. There are records and movies and CDs there. It is a really, really cool shop. Uh, if you go physically into a Half Price Books, get ready if you are a book lover like me to be in there forever because it is it is kind of like a candy shop for book lovers. That is a great one. So if you are looking for gifts, let's move on to gifts. You're like, I am looking to buy bath bombs and candles for my girlfriends for Christmas this year. Etsy, 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 handmade gifts, supporting small businesses. They are now powered by 100% renewable electricity. And listen to this statement from Etsy. Quote, we offset 100% of carbon emissions from shipping and packaging on every delivery. The climate crisis is here. So is our commitment to a better future for our planet. Etsy is the first major shopping site to offset 100% of carbon emissions from shipping and packaging of every delivery, and we're not stopping there. We've also committed to reaching net zero emissions by 2030, unquote. That's a company where you can see, yeah, of course, they're not always doing it perfectly, but they're putting their money where their mouth is. They have this goal, and they are transparent as hell with how they are reaching it, and you get to support small businesses. And there's that saying that every time you purchase from a small business, someone actually does a happy dance. That is so true. Make a small business owner do a happy dance and purchase a gift. Speaking of gifts, this is a site that I just found out about a few months ago, Uncommon Goods. So it's not my favorite site in, in terms of sustainability, but they are on the road there. I heard them advertised in another podcast and I checked them out and they're just like funky gifts. They are literally started to bring together artists and creators of things that are uncommon or cool or different made in this different table. It's just cool. You have to check out the site. I got a gift there for my dad. It was a women's soccer 
puzzle made out of recycled cardboard pieces and it was different that I couldn't find anywhere else and it was a cool company to support. If you're looking for something unique, you can search by the things that you care about on their site so you can get more sustainable options and I think they are working towards that. Okay, so next is I fully own that this is a more expensive place to shop, Made Trade. The values of Made Trade are fair trade, heritage, POC owned, women owned, made in the US, sustainable, and vegan. So those are their values that they get products that fit in those values. And you can shop by a value that aligns with or just dive into everything that they offer. Um, the reason this is a spendier place is because they are quality and they are directly from the people making these products. I invested in a really nice set of sheets for myself two years ago. And also, side note, that was a game changer. You should definitely get a nice pair of sheets if you can because, wow. But I chose to use that site. I wouldn't choose everyday purchases on that site, but if you're going to do something like that, it was a great place to find home goods, towels, that kind of thing from companies that are really transparent with their own sustainability and tell you exactly where everything came from, who made it. That's always a good question, right? We haven't talked about that. Who made these things and what values of yours do they align with? So I recommend that for the things like that. When you are treating yourself, when you are making an investment into a bigger purchase, check out Made Trade. This is an interesting one on the list, but I couldn't leave it out. So a lot of things on Amazon are like the basics, right? The That includes the outdoor stuff. I am born and raised in northern Minnesota, so camping gear and anything that has to do with being outside is important. We have to figure out where to shop for that, and that's not an Amazon. I bring you REI. So... REI has been a really cool company from the get-go, but they've basically only gotten cooler. Um, they are really just a community that is very, again, transparent about their employees, about their products, about where they are striving to make a difference, where they can do better. Even if it's not a perfect company, I would rather support someone who is 100% transparent about the workers and where they're, quite frankly, where their stuff is coming from than anything. They have grown in their commitment to sustainability. They've also really grown and become a leader in their commitment to its employees and into kind of pushing against consumerism and capitalism, even though they are a strong, huge company, which is really cool. For example, they don't do Black Friday anymore. They told their employees now every year to hashtag opt outside and just be in nature instead of trying to use Black Friday as a way to get people to buy a bunch of shit. Um, they have a co-op or they have a place where you can resell secondhand goods in good condition. So these products are out of landfill a little longer and of course it's cheaper so then people can afford some of these nicer products so any type of outdoor sports anything like that check out rei check out their co-op check out their secondhand goods 
and you'll probably be pretty surprised if you haven't looked at them recently at the work they're doing for the world. Okay, these last two are some that I have shopped from personally many times. They are for the like home goods basic. Earth Hero, Low Waste Lifestyle, Kids, Pets, Office, Kitchen. Their mission on their website, their mission is to empower you to make conscious choices. They are another certified B Corp. They have found curated brands that are fitting their values, which is carbon neutral. They offset their carbon footprint of every order. They have the partner of 1% for the planet. They give back a certain amount of their money to environmental causes. So again, they're putting their money where their mouth is. You can directly see the impact that they're having as a company. They're not just saying some blanket statement you can find at the bottom of a website that's like, we're committed to sustainability, but they share how, and there's just a bunch of cool products over there. The next one is Package Free Shop. I would say Package Free Shop has maybe a little less options than Earth Hero, but it is definitely more curated and even lower waste. I mean, the name is Package Free Shop than Earth Hero. And that is probably one of the first online shops I ever found when I was first kind of diving into sustainability and how to green up the products in my home. They have storage. They have stuff for pets, kitchen, bathroom, baby, home. It's, again, the basics, whether it's toiletries and bathroom stuff or if it's home stuff, if it's kitchen, cooking. They have those basics that a lot of people would go to Amazon for, and you should definitely check them out. Okay, that was a lot of information. Honestly, the major summary of this episode is just that big companies like Amazon are not only ruining small businesses, but they're ruining the planet and we have to hold them accountable. And one way to do that is to shop other places because they're not performing in the way that we want them to. If you have the privilege and the time and the money to look at other options, oftentimes you can save money and it can be better. But if you have the time to invest in making some of these switches, I really strongly urge you to just start exploring. Again, it doesn't have to be all at once, but this company is really, really damaging. And if there are ways we can support other people and we can support less packaging, less landfill, less bullshit and Maybe it'll help you a little bit, you know, maybe you'll learn you can save some money and save some peace of mind and don't need so much stuff and find other places to support and connect with. I hope this episode was helpful. It is important to talk about these things, even though it's really hard, even though we don't want to admit that maybe some of the things that we use, like Amazon or whatever it is, are damaging. But once we have that information, once we find out, we can do better. If you didn't have this information before, don't feel bad. You only knew what you knew. But if you've listened to this and you've learned a little bit, I hope you can make some healthy choices, healthy for you, healthy for the world, healthy for everyone. And if you need help, don't forget, I'm always here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If that's somewhere like Apple Podcasts, leave a review and you could be read on air as the review of the week. 
Looking for more podcast content, yoga videos, meditations, and all-around amazing community? Head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out what's going on. And finally, if you are ready to make changes in your life but don't really know where to begin, let's work together. Head over to consciouslycarly.com and we can start the process and get you happy. Until next time.